0: You're listening to the Wes and Walker show. This is another box. Goodness gracious. <laughs> it's Wes. Oh, it's multiple. We got little soccer balls. Oh! We got rugby balls. We got the basketball. And Walker. These guys are happy, stuffed balls, is what they are. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Good Lord. Uh, That's
1: going to be a drop. We have.
0: and Walker back live from the 30th annual Charlotte Auto Show at the Charlotte Convention Center, Uptown Charlotte. A lot of fun we're having over here. And by the way, we wanted to remind you that North Mecklenburg High School's Viking Madness will be held tonight at 6 p.m. at the Leroy Holden Gymnasium. Fans will have a chance to meet the basketball players and the men's and women's basketball teams. We'll have a three-point contest and an NBA challenge. Entry is free, or excuse me, it's not free. Entry fee is for canned goods. (laughs) Or $4 at the door. And so you're donating to charity. It's good for a good cause. All collected canned goods will be donated to street turkeys as well. So you're supporting um, the community by attending this event. So big shout to North Mech High School uh, Viking Madness for hosting this event. Really cool there. Uh, Also, I wanted to go back to the text line 704 570 9610. Wes, people keep steering this conversation back to the Roach conversation. (laughs) It's so interesting. Like, we've gone, this has been like two or three times now where we try to move on just to give people a taste of you know I guess Charlotte sports but then people want to talk about cockroaches more Myron Goodman wrote in Walker is it you or your significant other that gets rid of the insects that get in the house asking because you sound like you make your significant other do it no (laughs) just because I don't want a hundred cockroaches released in my house doesn't mean that I'm not going to get the spider out from the bathtub from the bedroom wherever I am the person doing that in fact it wasn't a bug But I had to do that with a gecko the other day. I think we talked about that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like a couple months ago. I walked in the bathroom, and a gecko, and it's not like a green lizard or anything, like a straight-up house gecko was staring right in my face, right where I turned on the lights, right where the switch was. And, I mean, I didn't jump, but certainly startled me a little bit. But your boy came through, man. You know I'm not scared (laughs) of no gecko, and I got him out the house.
2: Yeah, I I, uh, don't mind disposing of those. And I know when my son, when he was younger, uh, he would be petrified to even get the smallest one uh out. I think we we might still be there uh with him but I thought it was just one of the funniest things one time when I asked him to go kill something. I mean it was light. <laughs> and I said go kill it. And I mean he just like yeah. stood there <laughs> like for the longest. And I'm like, go get it and he's yeah. just standing there. Yeah. But no normally uh I get that done. I like um I have a great uh, technique with the flies, too, man. Yeah, uh, well, look, you got to sneak up on them. I creep up on them, and then I hold it in place for two seconds, and then I just unleash. It's Mm -hmm. like just explosive, and then I just pop. And then I get them every time.
0: No, you, you have a great 40 time on the fly killing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're explosive. <laughs> no, for me, too. Like, I just, I speaking of Mr. Miyagi, I just get some chopsticks and grab them out of the air.
3: Ooh, okay. Speaking of explosive,
0: right. McElpine Doug, he wrote in, if you already have roaches, then $2,500 is a gimme. You know. It Yeah, is. You know, I, I, I'm sorry for you, Doug. Uh, there are a couple of listeners writing that in, and I guess so. I mean, Russell in Vermont. <laughs> said, hell, the area I grew up in in Gastonia had folks who already had the roaches without the money. I remember being at a friend's house and roaches falling off the ceiling oh. and onto a kerosene heater. Mm, cooked oh. roach. No thanks. You can keep all that. Uh, Sorry, guys. Uh, I was back on the roaches topic. That's a 704
2: tough. number said that he manages a pest control company. He said, bring them on easy money. What uh, For you? Yeah, and you can't kill them. you got to let them live. So uh, where's the easy money aspect? I I mean, I guess, yeah, getting the $2,500 is not enough. It's not, man.
0: I need enough. And finally, Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland, writes in a long one. I'm going to read it, though. This is completely ridiculous. This is when we were talking about Mm -hmm. how the Panthers win the trade. This is completely ridiculous. And then he goes into the roach topic. You don't need to go anywhere <laughs> near the cost of a new house for the cockroach bid to far exceed the cost of being free from them if you accept thus challenge. Your pest control expert can treat immediately stay with you for a few days with more testing and treating return one day in each of the next couple of weeks and also once a month for a year and you could still net a big profit even if much less than a hundred thousand dollars is given i myself might do it even for the twenty five hundred i think there might be a
2: plan that works at even that price i mean those would be the slowest days and nights ever Mm. that thirty days because they say you gotta do it for at least thirty days that would just be the worst thirty days ever
0: it would be, but I appreciate Jokelin for understanding the assignment <laughs> and taking that very seriously. <sighs> oh, All right, we're done. We'll probably get back to it. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, this, this is, is probably, I we'll mean, probably this is one it. of the
2: wildest topics yeah. I've heard, so I don't think that we're right. done with it just yet.
0: All right, well, we'll come back to it, but in the meantime, we'll go back to the planet Kia Studios. Josh Fitty Marlowe has the Wob Wire. Wob Wire connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this.
2: North to the
1: down, south, down, likewise, likewise. All right. Well, as you could imagine, we got a lot of audio to play regarding Frank Reich's decision to take back play calling. But that did not stop them from putting offensive coordinator Thomas Brown at the podium today to speak with the media. And I'm going to play you his opening statement after the news became official yesterday that Frank Reich is back to calling plays. All right. So,
3: um, This is a grown man's business, and I'm gonna handle this the same way I will every other situation moving forward, and that's as a grown man. When to me, when you talk about like true leadership, um, the role of a leader is to make people and situations better, right? So I've been that way, committed to that my entire career before being here, since being here, and continue to do that moving forward, right? One thing a leader does not do is tuck his tail between his legs and find ways of running high from conflict or adversity. To me, it's the exact opposite. Stand tall, keep chopping wood, you find ways to fix problems, to help people. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And so, here we are moving forward, focus on the Cowboys. Um, the overall product, offensively, has not been good enough all year. And as a competitor, that pisses me off. Uh, but the reality is, we have to do a better job as coaches of coaching our players, demanding more to put these guys in better spots to have a better product on game day. And from a player standpoint, we have opportunities on game day to make plays. We got to make them, right? So I'm sure there'll be a bunch of questions. It's not about me, not about Frank. Uh, I have a job to do. I'm committed to that job, always been committed to that job, and focusing on trying to help our team. Being the best spot to win football games.
1: He definitely took the high road, but guys, there's no denying you can hear the the frustration coming out of Thomas Brown's voice when he met the media earlier today.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that too. You know, his overarching theme with what he was saying was talking about leadership and dealing with adversity, and so that tells me alone that he thinks that this is an adverse situation, and it's not ideal for him. Uh, I think for him, he finally got the opportunity to be able to call plays and be the offensive coordinator uh, that he wanted to be, and it's been stripped from him, and he's coming out and handling it the best way he knows how, especially with it being so public. And so uh, that that's what I gather from what he said is just uh, he was saying things without saying it, but the overall theme of his messaging of dealing with adversity is telling me that he's not in love with this situation and he's going to find the best way to deal with it.
0: You know, i think why so many people are frustrated by this you know one here's thomas brown put in an awful situation we knew it then when they decided to hand play calling duties to thomas brown and by the way when they did that Wes, there were a lot of people in favor of it and maybe not thinking about what could happen long term but they just wanted to see a difference and i understand that i mean the offense was so bad even before they handed over those play calling duties And you just wanted to see somebody differently call those plays. We were hesitant to think that there was going to be much change. They only scored 15 points. They did look better against Houston. And then it looked really bad again the last two games. I think the system is the system. I hope Thomas Brown, I hope his career is not going to be affected by these few games that he called. I hope not. So hopefully people can just look past what happened these three games and understand the system is the system. Frank Reich is the one at most in charge, even if Thomas Brown is contributing to it. And the offense looked bad when he was calling plays before Thomas Brown took over. And the interior pass protection's not there. The wide receivers aren't getting open. You have a first-year QB. There's a lot to point to and say. That's why it's not working. I hope that can help Thomas Brown in the future. Uh, Fiddy, what you got else for us here on the LiveWire?
1: Going to stick with Thomas Brown. He was asked if three games was enough to display what he could do as a play caller. Here was his response.
3: You know, I think that's a tough question to, to answer. Um, and it's an opportunity that I had. and so opportunity I didn't have before. So, so basically, all I can yeah, do is control Tom. the controllables, and I can't worry about everything else as far as if it was enough or not. Um, that's, my focus was trying to put us in the best spot to, to have success. Um, we only had... Won the victory in those those three attempts, and uh, the overall goal of every coach and player on a football team is is should be trying to find ways to affect winning. So, we got to figure that out.
1: So, in the words of Wes Bryant, no, hell no.
2: the, the the wild part about this is I just want people to picture if you worked at a job and you were doing something, let's say you're a salesman and you lost two accounts this week, and then you had to come out in front of the public and with sound that's going to go out to shows across uh, the city that you live in and have to describe to them how you feel about the accounts that you lost and the failure, basically, uh, that has happened. And so uh, that's the thing that you take from him there, and it's like, yeah, no, he's... What person would be satisfied with a job that they really wanted and barely got a chance to complete it? Not you went through a full season and it didn't work out and you were fired. You got a couple of games and then it was taken from you of course you're not going to be satisfied with the outcome of that and then to have to go out there and talk about it in a moment that has to be uh... just very frustrating and hard to go out because you're still processing how you feel about it you have ways that you feel about it that you cannot go out and say i mean kudos to thomas brown man standing standing in there and facing the music what i
0: will say about thomas brown is here here we are hoping teams will give him another shot because there's just not a lot of enough there's not a lot of evidence to point to him being successful or not, right? So hopefully they will. At least the response to Thomas Brown being put in this situation in the first place and the response to his comments at the podium—they're all favoring Thomas Brown. There's nobody saying, "Oh well, it's this—he was awful as the play caller." it wasn't working and that should be an indictment on what he can do as an offensive coordinator in the future i haven't seen anything like that wes at least for me on the text line which a lot of people contribute to at least to me everybody that i've seen has been in thomas brown's camp and they've been against frank reich and they've been against the panthers david tepper and company saying wait y'all did him dirty this wasn't the right way to handle any of this and i keep going back to the first time because you could see this coming where, where here Maybe that meeting between Frank Reich and Thomas Brown, I'm sure he wasn't happy about it, Wes, but maybe Frank Reich's messaging could be, look, man, this has nothing to do with you. You did as good of a job as you possibly could have done, but this is my job on the line, and I hope you respect that, and I'm going to have to take back offensive play calling duties to try to keep our regime here as long as possible. I could see a respectful conversation taking place between two dudes because even Frank Reich... Doing this to Thomas Brown, maybe with the input of David Tepper or whatever, even with him doing that, I don't view Reich as a bad guy. Like, I I don't view him, based on everything that we've heard about people that have worked with him before, being a player's coach, you don't hear that necessarily as much. Mm -hmm. So I hope that conversation was taken that way where, look, If I'm going to go out, i got to go out on my own terms, and then we'll see what happens next year. And maybe if you just ride with me this season, and then you leave, and I'll put in whatever, right? It doesn't do anything. It's not a great situation for Thomas Brown to be in, but I wonder if a conversation could have been had like that if we try to view it from the other side. Who knows? But we do know that, man, (laughs) there's just not a lot that Brown can benefit from. I know that. Like You can't point to anything and say, oh, okay, this was a great experience for him. Right, like I maybe on how to handle adversity, quote unquote. But I don't know how much he's benefited from this situation, leaving the Rams franchise. You got anything else to close us out here, Fitty?
1: Yeah, I got another piece of audio from Thomas Brown. I wanted to play for you. He was asked, "Would he was he was asked, did he feel like he was put in a in a, in a fair situation to call plays after knowing it was going to be a short sample size?"
3: Well, I mean, to to be given the opportunity or not is out of my control. Uh, Again, I'm a a competitive person, so I don't care what it looks like. Uh, If I'm given an opportunity, I'm going to try to maximize it and be the best I can at that. Um, Again, there was a number of things that ended up not being the way it should have been or being as good as it probably could have been, Um, but I'm going to take it 10 out of 10 times because I'm going to bank on where God has placed me, on my own process and, and, uh, and just past history, but also more importantly, this football team, what our guys can do.
1: I just wonder, was he told up front, like if if, if this doesn't go well, I'm going to be taken back over play calling dudes? Because if not, and if, and if that was communicated, he was set up to fail from the from the get go.
0: Well, this is, and, and even if he wasn't, and yeah, I agree with you, Fitty. But even if he wasn't, he was set up to fail. And that's the the big problem with all of this. It just goes to show. I, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you want, Thomas Brown to do, man? I mean, it, it, the fact that Frank Reich tried to sell us that it was always the plan to hand over play calling duties after the bye week or once the bye week hit that's a bad plan from the get-go if you tell me going into the season man why are y'all gonna change it after six weeks if it's working and the plan was always to give it to Thomas Brown then why are you straying from something that isn't working if it's not clearly it wasn't then is six games enough And is it going to affect Bryce Young in a negative way to go ahead and give that responsibility to Thomas Brown? I'm having a hard time making it make sense when they made the decision a month ago, and now that they're flip-flopping, doing the Michael Scott snip-snap, snip-snap, the fact that you're doing that again, none of
2: it makes sense and I can't find the angle for it to make sense. Oh, and from a locker room perspective, you better believe the players are looking at Frank with the side eye and they will be for the foreseeable future and that's another reason why I think he's doomed here. Uh, After making a move like that, uh, regardless, and we've talked race on here, but regardless of race, anytime you're flip flopping back and forth on coordinators and different stuff like that, the players are going to start to look at you like, man, do you really know what you're doing? Do you really know what's going on especially when the results aren't there when you're one and eight and so what you're doing hasn't been working and now you're flip-flopping it's gonna be this guy this week and that guy that week nah man the players aren't feeling that either uh they're gonna go out and play for each other for sure but they're definitely not the confidence for frank reich is no longer there in my opinion with this locker room
0: it's hard to find the confidence. I know I've lost a lot of it in the sure. coaching staff, and we still got a decent amount of the season left. That'll do it for the live wire. We'll keep it right here. A couple more segments to go. Live from the Charlotte Auto Show, the 30th annual Charlotte Auto Show at the Charlotte Convention Center. Come by, hang out with us. we got a couple more segments, and then Kyle Bailey will take over here from the Convention Center as well. From 3 to 6, it's all on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
2: back folks to the Wes Walker show Sports Radio 927 WFNZ Walker just uh stepped off for a second he's going to go buy two Ferraris uh so he needs me to drive one of them back
0: What what what's back hold on yeah. man hey no you can uh you can just park him over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Hold on, my bad. I'm back. Yeah, What's man. Up? He
2: got a red and a black and uh you, oh, know, you told him. Drive. You yeah, told I gotta him? drive when I'm back. Yeah. No, okay that's I fine. hate to let them in on what we you know, what we what we're doing over here, but that would help quite you know. a bit.
0: That would hold on. Hey, don't don't scratch the interior. Yeah, we're out back. here I'm at back. the Charlotte
2: Convention Center at the thirtieth annual Charlotte Auto Show. Ferrari does have a section right around the corner, so Walker's beginning the negotiations. He's trying to get them to take about ten G's off the price. Of each one since he's buying two, man. I
0: just watched Ocean's Eleven for the like thousandth time the other night, Uh and Bernie Mac's negotiation when he's trying to get the van. Mm-hmm. in order to, you know, uh, when he's negotiating for the van, trying to bring it down from, like, 18000 to 16000 Yeah. And then I, I love that whole scene where he's shaking the guy's hand, he's squeezing tight, and he talks about all sorts of stuff to make sure that he will not let go of that man's hand in order for the price to come down. Yeah. Bernie Mac,
2: RIP, true, nego- uh, true negotiator. Yeah, man. So <laughs> keep the text coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic. Text line seven zero four five seven zero nine six ten. We got somebody over here filming a commercial or something. I should. Sure oh, that's my man Lyle from Roush, can hear man. Lyle yeah. from Roush is out here. He's lit over here. Th- that, that is how you do it. Yeah, man. He is lit. He's louder than I was doing uh, Fire Fizzle. Yeah, he did not have he any He has problem. no fear. You know what I'm saying? He did not have any problems right there. Well, I'll tell you who did have some problems. Okay. Uh, Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors. And so when we get into a broader scope, uh, when you talk national NBA stories, suspended five games by the league for his role in that skirmish, I guess you could call it, between Golden State and Minnesota. But, man, let's keep it real. He choked the hell out of Rudy Gobert. Okay, I don't care what he says it as far as him trying to. It was all the way tight.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was like an 80. That was MMA wraparound.
2: That was MMA-ish claiming that he's trying to stop the fight. But we know what it is. Draymond and Rudy Gobert have a history. Draymond, I mean, just add this to the laundry list. He's the new age Dennis Rodman. He's the guy that's always going to stir it up. Did you think that the league got this right or wrong with what they did to Draymond?
0: I thought five games probably was gonna be about it to be honest with you. Mm. You you could have given him ten and I would have been fine. I, I don't know how much more you would have given him after that, but as far as Draymond one, just I, I find the comedic value in this mm-hmm. because Rudy Gobert with like half serious, half funny situations, yeah, just can't get out of the way of those scenarios whether it be him touching the microphone before he tests positive for COVID to set it off to the point where they actually cancel or postpone the rest of the regular season during the pandemic, whether it be Rudy Gobert afterwards saying, I thought maybe he would get ejected because Draymond Green, when he gets ejected, it's usually when Steph Curry isn't playing. Right. And lo and behold, it happens again when Steph Curry isn't playing. Rudy Gobert, like Draymond, jumping up. To go get him and put him in a headlock, Rudy Gobert flailing, like, help. Like, I need – I can't – nobody's helping him, by the way. That's my number one takeaway before (laughs) we start to get into this. Come on. Like, here we are. I think – was it the preseason or maybe at the beginning of the season where Bryce Young got hit and none of the offensive linemen went to his defense and and that was a talking point for a while. I think it was at the beginning of the regular season. Man, what is Cat doing? Yeah. Like, Cat's right there and – He's not doing anything. Now, he does at, at the, the end, end. Raps at the yeah. very end. <laughs> but you let Rudy Gobert get choked out like that yeah. for quite a for quite a while before you retaliate at all. That's one where you gotta have any of your teammates step up, and
2: nobody stepped up for Rudy Gobert until you get to like the 20 second mark. Listen, Walker. Somebody choke you like that? It's not gonna take me long. I'll tell you that honestly. Much.
0: Look, and I know people to ask, Hey, are you the one <laughs> taking your cockroach out, or is it the significant other doing that? No, I, I'm helping you out. If yeah. you are at a 45-degree angle, okay, and you can't get your feet under you, and you're getting dragged in a headlock. I'm going to go put that dude in a headlock yeah. and catch us in there. Uh, Draymond, excuse me, can, can you release your arm, please? Is that okay, <laughs> Hey, sir? man, stop. Stop, sir? man. Hey. Stop. What? Look hey. what you're doing to him. Hey. Okay, I guess I'll do it. And then you finally decide to help him.
2: Yeah, man, it's true what they say about cat man. Well, I know the I know my '90s heads out there definitely gonna call this super soft and say this was just a Tuesday night back in the '90s, okay? When you look at what Draymond had to do, but then you talk about the punch on Jordan Poole, and I think Draymond pretty much feels empowered by the Warriors, man, because they chose him over Jordan Poole. They got Poole out of there. A lot of people thought they should have. They should have, (laughs) no doubt about it. But (laughs) when this incident first happened with Jordan Poole fresh off of the new contract, a lot of people thought that. Draymond was going to be the one to go. People thought that Golden State was looking towards the future and that Jordan Poole was going to be a part of that and that Draymond was not. And they felt like that the the guys were sick of his antics. But at the end of the day, that's what this team thrives off of they thrive off of Draymond and his energy and sometimes it does go a little bit too far but that's the delicate balance that they've walked in route to four championships and six appearances in the NBA Finals if I'm not mistaken and so uh, that was just an interesting deal to check out so going back to uh, this play-in tournament and the Charlotte Hornets are going to take on they are one and one in East Group B Uh, they've got to get this this win tonight to be able, or on Friday, they've got to be able to get that win to be able to stay in the thick of things because the wild card, I believe, goes to the team that has the best record that finished second in their group, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in order to get into that knockout round. And so uh, the Charlotte Hornets have a tall order in front of them when you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dame Lillard, all of those guys. And then, oh yeah, Miles Bridges is returning, so that's going to add an extra element uh, to this whole deal. And so when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they've won two in a row, they're six and and four in their last ten. Not quite the world beaters, but I think they're still trying to get chemistry together with Dame and Giannis and things of that nature. But what are your thoughts for one on, you know, this game, the tournament, Charlotte's chances, and then you bake in, as you love to say, uh, the Miles Bridges <laughs> return?
0: It has been a while, I think, since I've said that, but yes. I yeah, I
2: love it. it. I, I took it from
0: you. Okay. You can take it. You can have it for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Well, what, what's going to happen with Miles Bridges? So if we're going with what he's going to look like on the court with the Charlotte Hornets team. I, I have no clue the amount of minutes he's going to play. I would imagine he plays 25, pretty close to 30. It, it's going to get back to 30 at some point, and because of the injuries that they've suffered so far, Wes, mm-hmm. maybe he does get past 30 because Steve Clifford is a big advocate of playing the most talented players, and Miles Bridges, without a doubt, is one of the three One of the two most talented players that you have on this roster as currently constructed. So Miles is going to play a significant role. Not only do I expect that because of what I thought of my own before I heard Steve Clifford, but Steve Clifford flat out confirmed it. So how is he going to help? I think he's going to be able to help you when you go small. P.J. Washington going to the five. Now you can do that a little more with Miles providing size and talent at the four. Mm -hmm. You think about it, when this team is healthy, you can have your choice of Brandon Miller or Gordon Hayward at the three. Terry Rogier when he's healthy at the two, Lamelo at the one, that's a lineup that you can win with. That's a lineup that you can have at a net positive. And then you can even go to Brandon Miller at the two, take Terry off, and defensively you're going to improve quite a bit because you might sacrifice size in the front court, but in the back court you get it back with two six, eight, six, nine guys. I think that's going to be interesting. The shooting for Miles Bridges, uh, he shot 40% two years ago. Every other season, the two before that 40% season and then the season after, he shot 33. This is a team that is not shooting the ball well at all right now. So I don't know how much Miles is going to help you in that. He had a six attempt per game volume last year when his role went up into that fringe all-star type of role. I don't think the volume's going to be there, Wes. I think the volume goes back down to maybe like four and a half or five because Brandon Miller's on this team. LaMelo is taking another step as far as just how much he handles the basketball. But the shooting, the getting in space... The being able to dunk on you, the points for shot attempt is one of the best in the league at his position. He's clearly going to make an impact with this squad, and this is a team that has had a talent deficiency. He helps
2: with that right away as soon as he steps onto the court. No doubt about it, and that's why you hate to have all the other stuff swirling around it, um, but yeah from an on-court perspective, Walker, I'm with you, man. This was a guy that was on the precipice of being an all-star. Like, he was a borderline all-star the last time we saw him in a Charlotte Hornets uniform on a consistent basis. And I think the thing that Hornets fans just want right now, man, is just to be able to see everybody back on the court again. My God, when are we going to see the Hornets in their totality? Everybody suited up, Brandon Miller and Terry Rozier and Miles and everybody to finally get a glimpse of what this team can be and so that's the thing you're waiting on miles is the next piece of this puzzle i think it's going to be a polarizing matchup as far as how the crowd is going to react. I'd love to be in the arena to be able to hear it, but I'll certainly be watching to hear what it's going to be, and as we talked about earlier with our predictions with it, and I want to know from the text line, too, on, on the Charlotte Men's Center text line, 9610, what do you guys think about this return? How would you react if you're going to be, if you were to be at the game, and if you are going to be at the game, how are you feeling about it? What are you going to say? Because as I said, we know with social media, man, good Lord, we get to see what happens in the crowd more than anything ever all these fools getting drunk and fighting and acting a fool but i feel like they're going to be some fans that are going to feel bold enough to say something one way or the other to the other fans it's going to be fans that don't want to see him back that are going to say something to the fans that are cheering for him and vice versa and so that's going to be the thing that's going to be interesting as well it's going to add another Element of adversity for this basketball team something for else for them to face for a team. That's already struggling
0: Yeah, I I don't know how the fan base is going to react. I if I had to guess I would think you would get a pretty big amount of cheers and You're gonna get a mixture of both. It might be a 50 50 split, but what a mess, right? Like obviously the Charlotte Hornets don't want this situation but what they're doing is they're deciding that Miles Bridges is talented enough to find that line of not having him commit to a long-term contract and also not having him stay on, stay out of the organization anymore. We're going to have him on a qualifying offer for $7.9 million. We'll see what happens after that. But the the team, just like so many franchises before them that find themselves in this situation, are banking on time helping everyone forget, or not talk about at the very least, the fact that he turned himself in for felony domestic violence charge a year and a half ago. And stemming from that, having missed 92 games, having a 30-game suspension where he sat out a lot last year because of it, and then missing 30 games, 10 this year with 20 already having been served, that's what stemmed from him turning himself into a felony uh, domestic violence arrest. And we would have talked a little bit more about the encore product. We wouldn't ignore the arrest. We haven't done that at all. But we were starting to discuss a lot more about what it would actually look like with him playing basketball again. But then there was an alleged violation of the protection order. Yeah. So now here we have another update that continues to cause this mess where the Charlotte Hornets have to put out another statement. I mean, the Hornets have to lead. I, I don't know how much the statements have said, to be honest with you. There's not been a lot of substance. Really, the statements have been, we're gathering more information, we have no further comment at this time. This statement was, we feel comfortable with the information that we have gathered, and we've decided that Miles Bridges will play as soon as he's eligible, which is tomorrow night against the Milwaukee Bucks. So they've released a lot of statements. they got to lead the league in release statements, but also, I don't know how much information that they've shared with us at all, whether you view that as their responsibility or not. And... it it, it, when you don't share the information that you have wes right then what what am i supposed to say is oh okay well if they're comfortable i'm comfortable right i i don't that's not anything that you can bank on from this fan base miles bridges took questions earlier today saying i'm gonna have to try to gain that trust back from the fan base and i understand it well uh, we'll see how long it takes but i I think uh, a certain faction of the fan base it's not going to take long at all
2: yeah and Really quick, too, I was going to ask, do you think Charlotte's Struggles have actually helped the reception that he will have? Because you see a lot of people on the text line, some people are indifferent as far as how they feel. Uh, Some are welcoming him, and some are not with it. But do you think that Charlotte Struggles, people just want a winner, and anybody that's going to help them win, they are going to welcome back?
0: We're seeing it on the text line right now, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what we saw, look, and I hate going back to the text line. It's like the, it's a, it's such a famous text line right. because of like it's, it's hilarious to go to. The comments are hilarious for wrong and right reasons, but a lot of it's fantastic because of the kind of interaction that we have. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's indicative of how reality is going to be. It doesn't mean that it's indicative of what we're going to hear at the Spectrum Center. I do think that because the Hornets have three wins to their name so far, yeah, I do think that affects. How much you welcome Miles Bridges back into the fold? Yeah, I do because what did we hear after the first game? The Hornets started the season 1-0. They beat the Atlanta Hawks, and we saw quite a few comments about Miles. Who, if Brandon Miller continues to play like this, then maybe we don't need Miles. When now he's hurt. The shot didn't fall as much as his season was going on. It was against the Knicks, and then he got hurt with a sprained left ankle. Didn't return. They would get destroyed by the New York Knicks. So, yeah, I do think the way that this team starts off with just three wins. And what was a easy schedule, by the way? This is a bad team right now. Easy schedule. The only start with three victories. Yeah, I think you're right, Wes. I do think the fact that they got off to a bad start is only, you know, having the fans be more welcoming to him as
2: he returns. All right, Fitty, last flash of the day. Let's get it. It's alright to be a little fitting. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well
3: share.
1: Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitting. Why? Some news coming out of Major League Baseball that I think some locals will appreciate. The 2025 MLB All-Star Game will be held in Atlanta at Truist Field. Um, So, it'll be... A great chance for, you know, we got a lot of Braves fans, but, you know, a lot of Med fans, Yankee fans, a lot of local fans will have the the MLB's All-Star uh, event roughly, you know, in, in, in driving distance to go and, and, and see what, in my opinion, is the best All-Star event in sports, which is the Home Run Derby, followed by the best All-Star game in sports, which is the MLB All-Star game.
0: Yeah, I think with the Home Run Derby, it's, it's always something I think Wes disagrees with. Like, with that being the, bo- the uh, most impressive all-star event in sports. But it will be really cool to to have that there once again. And the Home Run Derby is fascinating to see. So, would be a cool chance to go out there and see it live. I've never seen
1: one live. I would like to do that. Let's do Maybe I- show trip. Show trip, yeah. I'm going there for my birthday next year. We're just going two years for the all-star event. I'd be down a show, hey, show trip. That works for me on oh, Wes Walker. <laughs> yeah, Fiddy, <laughs> and, and, and
2: speaking of show, uh, real quick, Fiddy, as we hit head- Near break, the Dodgers, Cubs, and Giants are the leaders right now for Shohei. Man, where do you think he's going to end up?
1: He's going to be a Dodger.
2: Okay, that
0: was depressing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
0: up on Wes and Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. One final segment for us at the Charlotte Auto Show. Kyle Bailey set to take over for the next three hours. You're not going to want to miss that. Conversation's on. The Panthers still to come. Charlotte Hornets. Miles Bridges return. So, again, here Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. One more time, looking at all the pretty cars, man. $150,000. I forget who asked this question. I apologize. I'll try to give you credit and search back into the archives. But somebody asked us, if we had 150000 to spend on anything oh, yeah. here, what would you go get? Which one of these cars tickles your fancy? I'm definitely getting a Ferrari.
2: Where is it? I don't even see. Ferraris are down there. Okay. They're all the way at the corner. I can but see, I don't know, though, because Ferraris... I think uh, over 200, so I'm not sure if that would even be enough to get one. You know, it's it's a good number because it's not like you just have
0: an infinite amount to where you can just spend it on anything here. But you can still get a really nice car, obviously, with 150. And I'm not very, like, I don't know a lot about cars like that,
2: but... There's a lot to choose from here. Yeah, that ain't I don't know, enough. Man. Yeah. I <laughs> no, see. 230 is I feel, the lowest one I'm seeing. I feel like Friday, make it enough.
0: <laughs> no, mom, no, this ain't
2: yeah, enough. Yeah, so 150 would give me a great down payment, I guess you could say. So if I took 150, maybe I might be able to get a Porsche, uh, something like that.
0: Well, you uh, know, my dream car is always like the, the one that I feel like, you know. If things broke right in my life, then mm-hmm. I could get one day the Escalade. I don't know how much those go for really either, but 150 should
2: be. Able would you to do talk it. the deal out of giving you the car like you talked your way out of the shoes? Ah, no, I would not do that. No,
0: <laughs> that was that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So we got a couple people writing in. Has a ginger wife wrote in a 1967 Lincoln Continental.
2: Oh, look at him talking about a old player right there. Yeah. Old
0: player. Yeah. 19. Yeah. Uh, Saul writing in, of course, 150k. Give me the hot dog truck. We talked about uh-huh. this earlier. I didn't realize it was only 60k to get that thing. Yeah, so you could get
2: two of those if you got a <laughs>
0: city and have could. a little bit left over. Right. Because why wouldn't you want to buy two Oscar right. Mayer Wienermobiles? Yep. Although we looked this up, this is why we were talking about it so much the first time. It's because I feel like there's only uh, there's only like what 10 in existence. Yeah. I forget. There, there's not many. I think it's 12. If you know like that, like real well, then that's impressive. I guess we did talk about Well, that my year. girl <laughs> was talking about it because
2: she thought the girl on our story went uh-huh. to Davidson, so she was like, yeah, uh, there's only 12 okay. in the United States. But uh, now, those Rivian, now, something I think you would be able to get, those Rivian trucks are nice. I like those Genesis SUVs, too, man. Those okay. are nice, too. So those, That those will probably be my consolations.
0: Uh, Thick Doink wrote in, mm. don't be dumb, don't get the Escalade, get the Tahoe or the Suburban hands down much better. <laughs> I like tahoe i guess but i'm going to escalade man maybe it's just again i've talked about it it's too much of the nostalgia of me playing
2: midnight club no yeah addition or so, nba ballers back NBA in the day f- i <laughs> loved and you're gonna ballers. need that money too man for gas uh, i am indeed
0: you are right. but gas is that. coming down though uh that's true so maybe i can that that that's how i'll rationalize just going ahead and spending the money on the escalade all right we also got a dm from fitty west Mm -hmm. and i want to get your take on this because brett mcmurphy tweeted the big 12 and wwe will introduce a custom-made title belt for this year's most outstanding player at the big 12 title game a co-branded logo in venue and on the field and other championship Integrations of scrolling, trolling, featuring WWE superstars. Yeah, that's fire. You got to
2: be in love with that. No doubt about it, man. I think that's lit. I definitely have that on my bucket list. I do plan to get a championship belt or two before it's all said and done, and I definitely want to get that 49ers uh, belt too. So, uh, you know, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I just might get it regardless.
0: Yeah, the the belt featuring WWE superstars. Right, let's hear the superstars that you would put on the title belt.
2: Um, oh, man, the superstars. And I guess if you could go over to New it would be Stone Cold. Uh, that would be sweet. Yeah, Stone Cold. Like if it said Stone Cold and then you win? Yeah, Ultimate Pre- Warrior, The Rock. Okay. Those would be the guys I would probably... Okay. Look forward to tomorrow. Those are just your favorite? Yeah, those are my favorite You guys. want to elaborate? On that. <laughs> or Ric Flair. <laughs> okay. I mean, what am I saying? I'm Queen City. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> let me go back. Ric Flair would be my number one choice because it's Queen City, baby. So I got to go with Rick, Slick
0: Rick. Uh Okay. I like that. Um, OG1 says they should replace all the mascots with the wrestlers. Think about the Oklahoma Undertakers. Yeah, that would be sweet. Oh, yeah. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah, that would be real cool. But, uh, you know. I think it would be cool for me, even though I don't know really what I'm getting. I don't mm-hmm. know what kind of belt that I'm wearing at that time. <laughs> but it would still, I, it has to look really cool, though.
2: Yeah. Did you, do you have a wrestler that you would put on that? No, you're
0: not a wrestling guy, but you know All right. some wrestlers. So I know some. But So when I was a kid, I had friends that were really into it. They loved Sting. Yeah. Sting was oh, five, yeah, Sting is high. He's still wrestling.
2: Is he still wrestling? My mom gives him hell. He's in AEW. <laughs> he's in his mid-60s. Every time he's on, she's like, Sting needs to sit his old butt down. <laughs> he's old as me out there trying to wrestle. Wait, what, is it? Why,
0: does, what about the other ones, though? Like Stone Cold's got to be old, right? Is he oh, still yeah, like but
2: A? he's chilling. He's been okay. gone for okay couple of decades now. He had too many injuries, but Ric Flair just did a multi-year yeah. deal with AEW, and his doctor cleared him to take bumps, so he's going to be still out there getting it in.
0: All right, so Ric Flair's still doing it. Uh, Sting, I, don't, I feel like I don't hear Sting. Yeah, he's in
2: AEW, man. He's still rolling. Him and Darby Allen, they're a big deal. Still, they still—they got a big storyline going on right now. All right, last question before we end it. Yeah. Who would be the... I feel like
0: Sting, because of his you know, face paint and all that, the mask or whatever, is he the scariest? If you were to see any of these guys in a back alley. Would Sting be the scariest to look at or is that somebody else? Uh
2: you know with him going to the the when he went to that crow, the whole crow deal with his face paint, eh, maybe, but I wouldn't I mean the Undertaker in his yeah. full garb is the dead man because yeah, you know yeah, he yeah. has multiple characters. Undertaker is the dead man. I mean sitting there six ten looking at you with that big old hat and really that 6'10"? coat on. Is yeah he dog. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't man, that's this. one of the things that amazes you the most when you go see wrestling live is the size of these Guys, you're yeah. like, man, where did Vince find these guys? Six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, but yeah, Undertaker, six, ten, man. It's funny how you said that, and then the text line was flooded with
0: Undertaker mentions. Yeah, So, man. so you are with the majority. I got to see him
2: live one. too, and I jumped up and down like a six-year-old when <laughs> he came out. When I heard that bell <laughs> go it's like off like last year,
0: just like last year when it happened, or, or jumping up and down like a six-year-old. Yes, right, yeah, for sure, 100%. All
2: right, that'll do it
0: for Weston Walker. Last segment, live from the Auto Show. Keep it right here. Kyle Bailey will take over next alongside Smoke Ludwig. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.